It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering, Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury. I'm Dan Lavallo. He is Bradfield. And we have a lot of talk of, talking to do when it comes to the weather today, Brad. But, uh, boy, the tropics and what, what's going on in the tropics, things are very active. What's happening? Well, Dan, the governor of Hawaii has issued a state of emergency uh, out in advance of a, a very powerful hurricane named Douglas. So when you're watching the uh, national news uh, today or uh, over the weekend, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot about Douglas uh, moving toward uh, the chain of Hawaiian islands. And uh, Category 4, Dan, is on a uh, scale, the Saffir-Simpson scale of hurricane intensity. A Category 4 is capable of extreme damage. So this is uh, not a hurricane to mess around with, and that's why the uh, governor of Hawaii has issued uh, the state of emergency in advance of this approaching storm. And, of course, on that Saffir-Simpson scale I just mentioned, the highest level is a Category 5, which is capable of catastrophic destruction. So we've got Douglas in the Pacific, and also things are heating up in the Atlantic as well. Yeah, what's going on in the Atlantic? Well, we've got a system in the Gulf of Mexico, and we've got a system in the tropical Atlantic. Uh, I'll start first with the uh, system in the Gulf of Mexico. The name is Tropical Storm Hannah, uh, and it's expected to strengthen. Right now it has sustained winds of 40 miles per hour. And it's heading due west. It's sort of in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, heading due west toward the Texas coast, the southern part of the Texas coast. It looks like it's going to arrive Saturday. Uh, We are uh, taping this podcast on Friday the 24th. It looks like it will be impacting Texas on Saturday the 25th. Uh, north of Brownsville, Brownsville is uh, the, the southernmost point of Texas, the southern tip of Texas. It looks like it'll be some maybe 50 to 100 miles north of there. Uh, it looks like it's going to come in with 6 to 10 inches of rain through uh, that area of southern Texas. And tropical storm force winds, um, as I said again, the highest probability of those tropical storm force winds, and that would be between 39 and 74 miles per hour sustained, would be an hour or two north of Brownsville uh, by car. So, uh, you know, picture 50 to 100 miles to the north of Brownsville, Texas. So that is Tropical Storm Hannah. Of more significant interest to us this morning is Tropical Storm Gonzalo. Uh, Gonzalo is in the Atlantic. It's tiny, but it's packing a punch. Uh, Tight little circulation with winds of 60 miles per hour, and it's heading toward the Windward Islands, Dan, and it's expected to ramp up to a uh, hurricane before it gets there. So uh, what I wanted to do here is talk about where the tropical storm warnings are up in case anyone has any relatives or friends in these locations. Barbados, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines have tropical storm warnings up. 
a hurricane watch is up also. So I'm going to talk about the distinction again between watches and warnings. But again, officially a tropical storm war, a warning up for Barbados, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. A tropical storm watch is up for Grenada. Now, Dan, we've talked about it before, the difference between watches and warnings and so forth. Uh, say we have a uh, severe thunderstorm warning. That means the severe thunderstorm is happening or it's imminent. Uh, uh, say a severe thunderstorm watch, that means the conditions are ripe, we are watching, we are on the lookout. Well, it's similar with the National Hurricane uh, Center definitions. A warning, for example, tropical storm warning, means tropical storm conditions are expected within 36 hours. A tropical storm watch would mean tropical storm conditions are possible within 48 hours. So you see the distinction there. A warning means it's imminent or likely or about to happen. A watch means it's possible. Well, it's interesting because it seems lately the tropics have been very active for the season, even though we in our region of the country, Connecticut, New England, perhaps haven't felt the effects. It seems as if it's been an active year in the tropics, has it? It's It's been an incredibly active year, Dan, and a record-setting year because I uh, I had heard this does not even include Hannah, which is obviously the H storm. Uh, but when Gonzalo formed, it was the earliest forming G storm in the Atlantic Ocean on record. And uh, the, uh, the uh, normal time for the G storm to form is in September. So you can see we are weeks and weeks ahead of where we, we normally are. Uh, I don't know what that's related to. Uh, I'd like to get a hurricane expert on our podcast at some point, maybe talk about the conditions that are um, making the, the tropics really active. So far, though, Dan, the lucky thing here, and, and, and I say this with all sincerity, the lucky thing is that none of these have developed into anything that uh, tragic or that, that major. We had that little bit of rain that came through from uh, when Faye came up the coast and so forth, but there's really been, uh, you know, nothing, nothing terrible about these storms. But obviously we've been watching Gonzalo because the National Hurricane Center is thinking that that is going to uh, develop into a, uh, a hurricane uh, before it hits the Windward Islands. So I, I just want to tell everybody to remind everybody that uh, we only do this podcast on a weekly basis unless something big is going to happen right here in Connecticut or southern New England, and then, of course, we'll update it. But, you know, for Douglas going toward Hawaii, for uh, Hannah going toward Texas, for Gonzalo uh, heading toward Barbados and St. Vincent's and the Grenadines and Granada, you can get the very latest information by just simply going to bradfieldweather.com. You can go there for the daily forecast. You can go there and get the podcast, the, the most recent podcast, whenever you want. You can go there and get statements from the uh, Storm Prediction Center. And in this case, we have the link to the National Hurricane Center, and you can, you can get the latest on all three of these storms as we move through the upcoming weekend. And uh, Douglas heads for Hawaii 
Hannah heads for Texas, and Gonzalo heads for the Windward Islands. I want to talk about action carpet and floor covering for just a moment. Underwriters for the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Action carpet and floor covering located on Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury, Connecticut, where currently select Anderson Tough Tech styles are on sale. Action carpet and floor covering, specializing in carpets, area rugs, runners, tile, vinyl, laminate, engineered and solid wood, also sanding and finishing, radiant heating systems, mold and mildew remediation, water damage repair, and professional installation and professional cleaning services. Currently, Action Carpet and Floor Covering has a coupon for 15% off professional cleaning services. But the coupon expires August 1st, 2020, so you need to act fast. Original coupon must be presented and is not to be combined with other offers, previous sales excluded. Action Carpet and Floor Covering. Located on Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury. Call them today, 860-651-8406. 860-651-8406. Visit Action Carpet and Floor Covering online, action-carpet.com. Action-carpet.com. And once again, a big thank you to Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, Connecticut, underwriting the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Well, as, as you mentioned, Brad, we are putting this podcast together on Friday, July 24th. And as we look to the On the Weather Map segment, all I see is a lot of heat coming our way. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, Dan. We've had a six-day uh, heat wave so far. Uh, it started last Saturday, right after we did the podcast last week. We we warned of this. I, I said that I thought the uh, hottest day of the entire summer could very well be last Sunday, and it, it was hot, 99 degrees officially at Bradley. The six-day heat wave, I think, likely breaks today, Dan. And again, as you stated, we're, uh, we're, we're taping the podcast here on Friday morning, July 24th. And we've had a cold front push through. That was the reason for the shower and thunderstorm activity last night. Uh, you look at the radar this morning, it's lighting up like a Christmas tree south of Long Island. But I do not think that that uh, moisture is going to make it up into Connecticut. That's a, in association with the front that pushed through last night, now just off the south of Connecticut. And I'm looking on the satellite in, uh, imagery this morning, and we see sort of right along the Massachusetts-Vermont border, the clouds are breaking. Uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine dawning this morning with beautiful skies, low humidity and so forth. So I do think we'll see a progression southward and diminishing clouds today. So the most sun will be in northern Connecticut, up near the Massachusetts border, and the least sun will be right along the Connecticut shoreline. But this respite is brief today. Uh, it will uh, last today. And uh, I think the good news about the weekend is even though some heat comes back, I don't think the humidity is going to be too bad, especially over the northern part of Connecticut. Uh, the coast may be a tad on the humid side, but uh, up toward Hartford north to Springfield, I think the humidity will be at worst 
moderate this weekend. So we've got the front off the coast. Uh, that's what's on the weather map today. Uh, humid along the Connecticut beaches, moderate humidity for northern Connecticut. Uh, high pressure is centered out over the Great Lakes. And by this evening, I think that high will be uh, north of Detroit. Uh, over the weekend, the high moves toward Erie, Pennsylvania for Saturday morning, kind of ridging along the Appalachians. So if you can kind of picture uh, the high off to our west near Erie, Pennsylvania, with a clockwise circulation, you can see that our circulation will be out of the north and northwest. So that's why I'm uh, predicting that the humidity will be lower uh, for tonight, Friday night, uh, July 24th, and Saturday, July 25th, because we're get the dry flow at the surface uh, coming down from the north. But by uh, Sunday morning, the high takes up its uh, center near, say, Asheville, North Carolina. So if you if you picture the clockwise circulation around that, we're going to start to see a southwesterly flow on Sunday. So increasing humidity as we head uh, through Sunday and Monday and Tuesday of next week. Uh, by Monday, as we start the last week of uh, July, we're going to see a cold front in through the eastern Great Lakes. But we are going to be in advance of that cold front, so it's going to be warm and very hot around here. Uh, Tuesday, that front moves to western New York. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that front comes through here Tuesday night. So I would anticipate very hot conditions Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And as the front comes through Tuesday late or Tuesday night, expect thunderstorms, and some of them could be severe. And again, just go to bradfieldweather.com. And you will see the links that Dan has put up for the Hurricane Center. But in this case, the Storm Prediction Center, you'll be able to get the very latest uh, probabilities on wind damage, probabilities on hail, uh, probabilities on tornado activity, all of that. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if uh, any severe weather does happen, you can just link to it right from our website. So that's uh, Tuesday. By Wednesday, I think the front dam should be offshore with, uh, with improving conditions, at least improving in terms of temperature going down, uh, humidity starting to drop off from that tropical sultry-type air. Uh, the problem I'm having figuring out the middle of next week and the end of next week, so say you have vacation, maybe in that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday time frame of next week, I'm wondering if this front is going to get hung up and we'll see waves of low pressure riding along it. If that does indeed occur, it's going to be kind of cloudy around here uh, with some periods of showers. So uh, that, that's something to watch toward the middle and end of next week. Well, that's big because by the middle or end of next week, the Toronto Blue Jays could be playing baseball games in Hartford, Connecticut, Brad. <laughs> Dan, wouldn't that be amazing? Your, your stomping grounds there, uh, you know, doing the yard goats play-by-play, 
it would just be such a great thing for the guys at the at the over at the yard goats. Nice people. They do such a good job with that stadium, and and I'd love to see it. For those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, there is some conversation that the Toronto Blue Jays, because the the Canadian government will not permit them to play baseball in Canada this season due to COVID, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, they need a home. They don't have a park for their home games, and Hartford has reached out. And I can tell you, Brad, first of all, I'm speaking with no inside information. I have what I know is what I read in the papers, but... I can tell you that that is a first-class facility from the clubhouse to indoor batting cages. The accommodations for the ballplayers in that ballpark, the accommodations are major league. The only issue would be the lighting. The lighting is not up to major league standards, but you can make that claim for any minor league ballpark in the country. The standards for a major league ballpark are higher, obviously, than a minor league ballpark. But let me tell you something. If they could somehow address that issue... Because of Hartford's location, because the major leagues, they do not want these teams to travel that far due to COVID, it would be the perfect location for the Blue Jays this summer. It really would. Well, that would be great. That would be fantastic. And I wonder, Dan, I know this would not be uh, the the best thing for the players playing on hot summer days, but maybe they could get around that lighting issue by having more day games or maybe – uh, maybe start the games uh, late afternoon or something where they'd have you know more twilight for longer and then supplement with the lighting that they have. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but uh, you know maybe there. It seems to me like there's some way they could work around that. You know, actually, you bring up a very good point, and no one has brought this up until now, and that would be. Play more day games. Then it doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. At that point, all the lighting is major league if you play in the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's the, 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 the only reason I bring up that point is the fact that I'm old. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, almost every game was played during the day. I remember getting off the school bus in sixth grade and running up the street in October running as fast as I could to get to the house and turn on the World Series or whatever. They didn't wait for television prime time, 7 or 8 o'clock. They would play at 2 in the afternoon. And uh, do you remember that as a oh, kid, Oh, my man? goodness, do I remember <laughs> it. You better believe it. I mean, the first night game, first World Series night game, was in 1971, and it was just one game. Baltimore Orioles against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that was a big deal. They were going to play a World Series game at night, but uh, like you, I remember racing home from school to watch the World Series in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, uh, those are are some great, great memories, and, and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to bring some of this baseball to to Hartford, and... um, you know, I I don't know what the policy with Governor Lamont is, and not speaking politically at all, uh, seems like he's done a fantastic job managing COVID. You look at the you look at the national maps, and it looks like Connecticut is is sort of the leader in having things under control. But I did un, uh, I did understand that Governor Baker in Massachusetts has not ruled out uh, having some fans allowed into Fenway perhaps in September, if everything keeps going in a positive direction. 
Yeah, I so, saw uh, I saw that. And uh, you know, Governor Lamont has reached out to the Blue Jays. Uh, he has already he actually is in favor of this. He has given the Blue Jays parameters necessary for Toronto to play their games in Hartford, but the governor seems to be in favor of it from what I've read. And the governor is a he is a sports fan, so uh, he he understands the intricacies of it. Well, that's that's uh, that's very exciting, um, and uh, you know if there's any hockey team that needs a place to play, <laughs> there's the the uh, the old Civic Center, and and uh, I read you know obviously there's a hotel attached, so uh, no no problem for the players on that end either. So <laughs> hey, let's hope we do get some. Get I, I think back to uh, what um, Robert Kraft. And uh, and Governor Rowland, I was at work at NBC Connecticut that night, and moments, I mean, it was like at the last second that Kraft could back out of the deal of coming to Hartford, a fax came across at like two minutes to midnight that he was pulling out of the deal. Uh, and I, I just cannot imagine how that would have reshaped the city of Hartford had the New England Patriots come here <laughs> and, and won all of those Super Bowls and everything. Uh, you, can just, uh, you can just imagine uh, Monday night football and Sunday night football and them flying up the Connecticut River and taking pictures of the whole area. I, I just... I just sometimes think what could have been. Yep, the great line, what might have been. Well, <laughs> as, as, as we get to our crystal ball segment, speaking of what might be, uh, it seems hard to believe, but uh, we are entering next week, the last week of July. So look into your crystal ball as we go into August. What do you see? Wow. It's already, uh, you know, they, they always told me, Dan, that time would speed up as you got older. But right now, they the the, the pedals to the the metal here. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, yeah, things are going by so quickly. Uh, yeah, uh, the jet stream has temporarily moved to the south, Dan. Brief respite from the intense heat. Uh, jet is more or less over New England, but it appears ridging is going to build through the weekend and through early next week. Uh, pushing the jet stream back up to the north. So when we we look into the crystal ball here for the uh, midweek next week, uh, so the last few days of July into the first weekend of August, uh, Saturday is August 1st and Sunday is August 2nd, uh, it looks cool with respect to average uh, through the Corn Belt in the south. So a little bit unusual there. A uh, lot of lot of showers, a lot of rain, keeping it cool. Uh, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi, Alabama. Warm with respect to average. Uh, Montana, so out out west, and uh, Florida, far southeast part of the United States. It looks about average here. Uh, the bad news, though, Dan, as far as I can tell, is uh, it looks like below average precipitation continuing. So it's been uh, it, it, no question it's been hot, uh, especially July, but it's also been dry. We got those beneficial thunderstorms last night. Uh, and uh, but but other than that, it's been fairly dry around here. So 
maybe, as I stated earlier in the podcast, when that front comes through Tuesday night and Wednesday of next week, uh, so that would be uh, July 29th, that, that time frame, with the front hung up offshore, hopefully we'll get some waves of low pressure developing and, and kind of a showery pattern because we do need some of that rain. But uh, as we look at the first full week of August, so going uh, two weeks out now, uh, with respect to average, it looks warm and dry again here. Uh, the Great Lakes, New York State, and New England, but cool with respect to average again through the Corn Belt uh, in the south, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee. So uh, I, I guess in a nutshell, Dan, uh, for the last week of July and the first couple of weeks of August, I look for more uh, kind of steady as she goes forecasting, which means it's been warm to hot with respect to average. I think that will continue, and it's been dry with respect to average. I think that is going to continue as well. Okay, well, that's uh, something to keep an eye on then, particularly when it comes to watering lawns, washing cars, if there might be an advisory issued at some point because of the lack of precipitation. I see lawns are drying up. Uh, what, what do you see? Uh, what, what, what is your sense on that? Yeah, my sense on that is uh, soon, if, if, if uh, we don't start getting some general rains soon, uh, there may need to be some restrictions. We have no problem at all, though. Uh, through the winter and the uh, spring, especially the early part of the spring, uh, getting plentiful water. So the ground, the groundwater is okay, I suspect. Uh, but it, but recently it's been very very dry. So for the lawns and gardens, yeah, there's there's been uh, you know quite an issue there. And the only rain of consequence I see would be uh, Tuesday. So we're get, we're getting out into uh, July 28th range, something like that, Tuesday into Wednesday uh, with some potential thunderstorms as the front comes through. But the front will be breaking that awful heat, Dan. Uh, I expect Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to be really, really hot once again. I'm not even going to call it warm. We'll just call it hot. Okay. Well, on that note, let's uh, wrap up our uh, podcast by giving us the immediate forecast. Thinning clouds this afternoon, kind of like the uh, top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Thinning thinning hair and thinning clouds. Uh, We've got uh, the thinning clouds from north to south across the state becoming partly sunny. And I do think that this uh, heat wave, this six-day heat wave, will come to an end. I'm projecting temperatures in the mid to upper 80s. So if it does not hit 90 degrees at Bradley, the heat wave will be officially over. Partly cloudy overnight with temperatures in the 60s. Now for Saturday, it looks like a sunny day with moderate humidity. Uh, Temperature pushing up toward 90 in interior Connecticut, up toward Hartford and uh, Windsor Locks and up towards Springfield, Massachusetts, but it will be in the mid-80s along the Connecticut beaches from Old Saybrook uh, to Niantic. Uh, it looks clear and warm for Saturday night with temperatures between 66 and 72. It'll be a beautiful summer night, so if you have 
uh, some outdoor plans or you just want to look at the moonlight, it, it'll be warm. It should be very pleasant. Uh, Sunday looks sunny and hot. Uh, low 90s inland, mid to upper 80s at the Connecticut beaches. Monday will be very hot with temperatures up into the 90s and even near 90 at the Connecticut beaches. Still plenty, plenty of sunshine, but uh, scorching sunshine on Monday. Tuesday looks partly sunny. Uh, late day thunderstorms. Remember that front will be coming from western New York, but out in advance of the front, humid and in the 90s through uh, interior Connecticut, 85 to 90 at the Connecticut shoreline. I think showers and thunderstorms continuing Tuesday night. And then by Wednesday of next week, clearing and more comfortable with temperatures in the 80s and lowering humidity. All right. Well, Brad, to our first responders, as always, we thank them. They're on the front lines during this pandemic. So always a big thank you to our first responders and to you, Sandy, and your family and our podcast audience. Have a great weekend. You, Susan, have a great weekend. Thank you to our podcast audience for listening. And you could do Dan and me a big favor by mentioning to your friends that uh, the Bradfield Weather Podcast exists. Uh, for number one. And uh, also, if you help out our sponsors, that would be great, too. Um, You know, thank you to Kevin Blake and Action Carpet of Simsbury. As the song goes, start spreading the news. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like I don't like that song, though, too much, Dan. They're, they're always playing that after the Yankees beat the Red Sox. <laughs> we'll, start, we'll, we'll start a new song, Start Spreading the Weather. <laughs> All right. The Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering, Hot Meadow Street in Simsbury, Connecticut.